Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday night, September 15th, 2019. Wow, 10.30 p.m. Feels awfully early for a WWE pay-per-view. Keep in mind, we've been connected since, what, 6 o'clock tonight? Then you figure out preparing the predictions contest and updating everybody's entries throughout the event. It was a big night, a long night, and we'll get into the Clash of Champions recap now. Before I go any further to our patrons, uh, the breakfast, well, breakfast soup live. Yeah, that will be Tuesday, but blah, blah, blah. That was supposed to be done Friday. It will actually be uploaded tomorrow. And the history show, I am going to do it at least one more week. That will also be uploaded tomorrow. I had every intention on doing it earlier today. But my cable modem, the power wire, I accidentally cut it earlier. It was stuck under my bed. And when I moved my bed, next thing I know, all the Internet is out. And I realized that, okay, I got a big fucking problem tonight. So I'm actually using my cell phone as a hotspot for those that know what that is. So data could get very expensive very quickly. So we're going to get right into this pay-per-view recap from Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, your overall thoughts on the pay-per-view before we get into individual matches. Ended really good. I like the ending. I mean, it started out kind of slow. Um, overall, I thought it was not bad. I mean, the two surprises that I even said this pay-per-view would get better if two Wyatt family members show up unexpectedly or maybe expectingly, and they did back-to-back. And so I was happy with the end result, uh, the final, t- the way the two final matches ended. I was, I was pretty content with it. Yeah. I mean, um, if anybody remembers last Monday's DTKC show, we talked about the possibility of Luke Harper returning. Me personally, I would have rather seen it happen maybe for NXT and really shine as an individual star. But we also talked in detail Monday that you remember when they were dominating the tag team scene, it was like they just were superior in size over everybody else for the most part. Now you got heavy machinery. Now you got AOP. Now you got the fucking Viking Raiders. Now you got multiple tag teams that are very large in size that Rowan and Harper may be able to get six months to a year of some decent feuds with people that they can go toe-to-toe with. Unfortunately, not every light tag team partner is an AJ Styles or a Daniel Bryan caliber. You know, and you got Heat Slater and the B team and others, no no disrespect against them. You know, it's very hard to put put suspension of disbelief against Harper and Rowan, but they are reunited. It was good to see him. He is still in phenomenal goddamn shape. Dropped quite a bit. And uh, The Fiend made his appearance at the very end of the night. Uh, I don't know if he knocked out Seth Rollins with ether, but Seth Rollins was just like laying on his kneecap for about seven seconds, not moving. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm not trying to be a stickler to detail, 
But little things like that piss me the fuck off. Um, not as much as the referee spot in the Sasha Banks Becky Lynch match. Right. My God, wait till we get to that. But uh, you yeah. know, very happy to see Harper back and happy to see the fiend. And look, I'm gonna just say it right from the get go. You know, this is Clash of Champions. You look at the banner, and everybody is a champion. You look at it, and you're like, okay, so why the fuck is Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan having a match? Neither one are champions right now. Right. You, know, you would think that they would make it an <coughs> unsanctioned match to try to, you know, give that reasoning as to why they insist that they're going to kill each other in a pay-per-view. Uh, but ironically, that match ended up being my favorite match of the night. Really? Okay. So uh, what was your favorite match of the night? Uh, I, Sasha Banks, Becky, I liked it. I thought it was good. I, you know, they put a lot into it. Both girls went at it really well. I didn't really like the ending. Um, but, uh, I probably, that was probably my favorite match of the night. It was probably Becky, Sasha, I would say. All right. That was, okay. That was my, and I didn't mind the Roman Reigns Rowan match. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind Wayne. it at all. I, I just thought it was funny that, you know, in my, you know, since that was my favorite match, and I don't know anybody else out there, it was your favorite match. But when you have a Clash of Champions pay per view card, the idea that the only non championship match ends up being your favorite, I don't know if that spells a compliment to WWE that none of the champions impressed more than Rowan and um, Roman. Roman yeah. and Rowan. Yeah. You know, um, I did pretty good with the predictions. I mean, I said Becky Lynch was going to retain. I didn't think she was yeah. going to uh, lose by DQ. Um, I, I also found it fucking dopey as fuck. You know, you know, we'll save it for later. There was a couple of things that really pissed me off about that match. But okay. uh, hey, first <coughs> we had yeah. uh, the pre-show two mm -hmm. matches, AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander. If you took an extended leak, by the time you came back, the match was over. Yeah. Uh, I liked what I saw. AJ Styles retains. I don't know if this is going to be the AJ Styles uh, ricochet feud that you wanted to see, but got shortchanged because of all the bullshit, you know, no wrestling during commercials and two out of three falls and 45 second pins. What did you think of AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander? Well, that was okay. I mean, in the beginning, uh, it's Cedric's hometown, so he got a good reaction. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, he got some good offense in on uh, AJ, hit him with some dope moves. Uh, then AJ quickly got back at him. And it wasn't – I didn't think he was going to beat AJ. I didn't think AJ was going to put him over on this one. But, you know, he put him over on Raw. But uh, it was quick. And But, you know, Cedric is, is moving up in the ranks. You know, he's uh, – all the hard work he put in and, uh, you know, all the kind of bullshit he had to deal with in 205, he's, he's finally breaking into the ranks. Of you that. really think so? Uh, yeah, but I don't think he's going to be – I don't know. A lot of people are like, ah, he's going to be another Apollo Crews. I don't – not because he's black, but just because of, you know, the way this, you know, good flippy guy who can do the moves, good physique, got some dope moves. But personality-wise, uh, smiley guy hasn't really doesn't really have much of one. He's a, he's a nice guy. That's all I really know about him. What do I really know about Cedric Alexander or anything else? 
that's not going to cut it. There's a, there's a half the AEW roster is Cedric Alexander. He's got to stand out. He's got to do something. He's got to have more of a character. Um, so, I mean, I think wrestling-wise, yeah, they believe in him. They, he's got something, but he's got to develop a character. Just being Cedric Alexander, eh, that ain't going to work. Yeah, I still can't uh, accept when he was under the mask with that whole thing with Roman Reigns and he lost and he unmasked. Oh, was it the goat? The goat? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, I don't remember what he was, but he yeah. unmasked and he lost the match and he's smiling from ear to ear like he just came. And I'm like, what the fuck are you smiling for? What you didn't reveal shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like, come on, man. You go, it's like going to one of these orgies where everybody's wearing fucking masks. It was Tom Cruise was in a movie like that. Was it Cino? Well, not Cino. It's Kane's movie. Well, what was what was the movie that Tom Cruise was in where everybody was banging each other, wearing masks and stuff like that? Eyes wide oh, shut or something. Eyes wide, eyes wide shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like going to one of those eyes wide shut, and you're banging some chick with an unbelievable body, and then she fucking takes the mask off, and she's like sixty three with no teeth, and fucking, you know, she's got that weird, you know, fat underneath the chin. It's like, you know, you, you know, Cedric's talented, but in storyline, <laughs> the fuck you smiling for? But you know, I to me, he feels like Ali. To a certain extent, yeah. like, you know, like it, you're pushing him and he's got a world of ability, but something just isn't clicking, you know, yeah. and this is years now. I mean, my God, it's been good three or four years since I left when he did that backstage promo and he looked up into the heavens where, where they do in the backstage promo. Yeah. You know, I've said this a million times, but, you know, somebody will be doing an interview and then someone will enter the picture on the TV and they don't say anything, but they look up in silence. And the reason why they're looking up is they, it's that pause where they expect the crowd to go ah, because he just entered the TV picture and he yeah. looked up and there was silence and it was like the fuck out of here, but he's talented. He really is. I mean, I, I almost feel like, you know what? Maybe showcase him on NXT. I think when they do this draft in October, I didn't notice anything about NXT, but you almost feel like there should be a three-way draft. You have SmackDown, you have Raw, and you also have Triple H maybe draft for NXT. It's kind of hard to do, and I'll tell you the reason why. If you pretend we're Major League Baseball right now, and let's say, you know, we'll use three bottom-feeding teams right now. We'll use the Tigers the Marlins, and you pick the third team, the Orioles. Orioles. Yeah, right. Oh, God. Ugh. Okay. All right. The Orioles, the Tigers, and the Marlins. Now, you take the best players that are out there right now, Trout, uh, anybody you want. Let's just pretend they're all free agents right now. Okay. You, there are so many top players that when you get to draft pick number three, that draft pick is going to draft a megastar. So in suspension of disbelief, when you got Seth Rollins, when you got Braun Strowman, when you got Brock Lesnar, when you got Becky, when you have all of these top stars, when it gets to NXT and draft pick number three, do you see any of them being a regular in NXT? You choose yeah. Kevin Owens or you choose Luke Harper or you choose Cedric Alexander, you know, no disrespect, but 
you know, you choose them a little bit down on the list. You don't choose them in the top three. So I think mm-hmm. that's the problem with having NXT as part of this draft. But you know, I'm telling you, man, <coughs> AEW, you know, I, I'm supporting them and I'm, you know, they, they influence me to do a non WWE show, but, uh, WWE, that NXT roster, after they debut on Wednesdays, there may be quite a few WWE mainstays as regulars in that company. Yeah, there could be. I mean, there could be. Yeah. Oh. But, but yeah, but that match, again, uh, you know, I, and people were bitching, why is AJ Styles on the pre-show? Well, everyone's got to kind of take a dip down to the pre-show. Mm-hmm. I did, I, You know, listen, it is the, you know, it's the U.S. title, but... It's not the U.S. title of all. They could be on the pre-show. If you have my cat, my cat's meowing in mm. the background. Um, you know, so I didn't, you know, and AJ's going to do what the company asked him to do. He's not going to be a guy who's going to go and cryptically be pissed that he's on the pre-show. He has to help get Cedric over, and that's what his job is right now. Yeah, and uh, almost everybody has has been on the pre-show at some point. I mean, Daniel yeah, Bryan everybody. was on the pre-show not yep. too long ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean... You know, people, I think, bitch, just a bitch. You know, it's like somebody sent me a tweet earlier. I didn't even respond to it because I, I just don't acknowledge dumb news reports. Oh, Rowan and Roman are going to close out the pay-per-view. And I think it was you that said, like, you know, what does it matter? Like, where yeah. the match is placed on the card? I've said this a oh. thousand times. I don't give a shit where the matches are placed as long as they're good. You know, I, I, that's, that's all that matters to me, but yeah, that's all, that's all buddy Willis. And I wasn't being like, you know, kind of a dick about it. I was just like, it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Cause it's, it's not one of the big four and no one's really looking at it that way. And, and what closed tonight was appropriate. Look what happened at the end of the night, the way they went off the air, a cliffhanger mm-hmm. with the fucking fiend. Now you're going to look forward to raw tomorrow night, aren't you? So it closed the right way. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, other pre-show match, uh, we had the Cruiserweight title on the line. Drew Gulak retains, defeating Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. I think they had made mention that this was Lince Dorado's first opportunity for Cruiserweight title shot. I, If that's true, I, I just find it hard to believe. I think that might have just either maybe I just had clogged ears or somebody misspoke. But if that's true... Uh, that's amazing after all this yeah. time. I just, I find Great. it impossible, but it was a decent match. Um, you know, look, a lot of these guys could take great fucking spots, you know, execute spots. But if you actually watch the match closely, uh, you know, it wasn't be- as bad as Charlotte Moonsault level, but uh, they missed quite a few spots. It was very, very sloppy, this match. Uh, it was. It, it could have been a lot better. Um, it, it, the funny thing is, it just feels like there's no momentum in the cruiserweight division right now, and Gulak is just, you know, winning by default. It is. I think, you know, those you couldn't have either one of those guys get over on Drew Gulak. I mean, <clears throat> the audience at one point was getting into tepid, this is awesome chance, but it was very lowbrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, uh Kind of soft hits from those guys. You notice that DT with the off the rope and the kick to the side of the head was kind of soft. It, it wasn't. They weren't really. And you know, was, I don't want them to lay it in, and knock each other out. But it was kind of. It was kind of uh, soft style, as we'll get into maybe later, as they, as uh, Sami Zayn called Miz. Uh, yeah, it wasn't really holy fuck or you know wow, holy shit moments on that match. I thought they put on a nice little match, but 
the, the crowd was the crowd was polite. Let's put it the yeah. other way, but it wasn't any kind of holy shit stuff. For anybody who has never seen Umberto Carrillo wrestle before, maybe missed a pay per view tonight. As far as look wise, the best way I could describe it as I only can. You know, we got Tyson Kidd, the husband of Natty, who unfortunately cannot wrestle anymore because of uh, the neck injury. But if uh, Mama Kid uh, had sex with a Latino instead of whatever nationality he is, Canadian or whatever, you would have had Umberto Carrillo. He looks like a Latino version of Tyson Kidd. Yeah, he does, I guess. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a pretty fair uh, comparison. Yeah. So, but it, you know, it was an okay match. I mean, it, it's. Uh, it was what it was. It deserved to be on the pre-show. But now we get to the Clash of Champions itself, main card. First yeah. match of the night, tag team title match, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. You kind of saw that coming because they were going to main event, so you give them a nice respite, so you have them on early. Uh, just very lackluster match. Um, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are your tag team champions. We talked about it last week. Mm -hmm. Ziggler came back, did Saudi Arabia in place of uh, Kevin Owens, you know, has really worked hard since he's been back. And, you know, you felt like he has to come out with some type of gold out of this. And Robert Mm -hmm. Roode, you know, getting a little bit more of a push on TV, you know, is good other than the, the, you know, the stuff before, even though I liked him with Chad Gable, but, you know, Rollins and Strowman, I mean, my God, man, we talked about it on Monday, no dissension, no falling out, no friction, you know, Seth later in the night, like a little sissy and anybody, you know, if you listen to Wednesday night, Dono might, you know why I'm saying sissy, but you know, like a sissy later on, I consider Braun a friend. The fuck out of here. The fuck out of here. I mean, they lost the tag titles. It was like a matter of fact. And then right after the match, Braun is like, you know, I didn't lose them. Seth lost them. And Seth is going to lose later. It just was bland. Did not like this match. Yeah, it was bland. And even the way they they had the the fuck up. And it was very, it was very bullshit he bumped into uh seth and he bumped him into the turnbuckle it wasn't anything like where he knocked him out or anything they could have did a better job in setting up a little dissension there but uh they're not turning either guy heel so i guess they did what they had to do and we'll get to how their match ended tonight with seth really putting the fucking you know the the stomp down on fucking braun's head showing that braun has you know uh you know can come back and from adversity but uh, you know in the end he lost but keeping them both baby faces and obviously the fiend is the big heel, but we'll get to that later. But the way they had dissension DT, you think they could have did a little bit better job. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's like, you know, it's a little bumperuski there. It wasn't anything big deal there. Yeah. It's like, come on. Oh, I consider him a friend. Get the fuck out of here. It's like, you know, have a little bit of dissension. Make me feel like they want to rip each other apart. You know, after the matches, oh, Ric Flair did that. For decades, you know, he wants to tear the fucking person down on the opposite side of the ring and will pull out all the stops to get the win. But after the match is over, sometimes you show a little respect. There could be tension between Seth and Braun. And once the match is over, you can have a little bit of mutual respect. This idea that, you know, I even consider him a friend. Oh, my God, please. 
I mean, I don't know what the female version of the name Seth is. You know, anybody know what the fem? I know like Anthony would be Antoinette. Uh, <coughs> what, would, what would be Seth? What would be a female Seth? A sissy Sab- Seth? Sabina. Sabina? Yeah. No, why not? Sabina. So he was Sabina. Now, speaking of flair, you know, we had Bailey versus Charlotte for the SmackDown oh. women's title. Um, I got to be honest with you, man. I had a nice debate with Mish two weeks ago on Breakfast Soup talking about how Bailey was going to evolve teaming with Sasha. And, you know, we, we had a lot of difference of opinion because Mish feels that Bailey is not changing. She's going to be what she was. And to me, you know, like I felt that, you know, she could be this naive moron who Sasha could be ultimately taken advantage of and Bailey would just be in there for her friend. But on the flip side of it, if Bailey is such a good person, why is she not trying to talk to Sasha about some of her actions? You know, so it felt like Bailey could be a little bit sneaky heel, you know, like, you know, like a little bit of an opportunist, opportunist, but she's taking on the daughter of the dirtiest player in the game. So Bailey just did what Charlotte would have done. And that was, look, the match was very quick. It was only three minutes and 40 some odd seconds, but you know, Bailey unties the bottom turnbuckle, (laughs) knocks Charlotte's head into it. Charlotte is discombobulated for three seconds and she's pinned and Bailey leaves the ring and Charlotte has the look on her face, basically saying, "Up, oh, you know, you got me, dirtiest player of the game. I, I got, I got it given to me. Got to give you credit for that." Right. I, I don't like that the match ended in less than four minutes, but I really like the finish. I like the finish that she saw, you know, an opportunity and basically beat Charlotte at her own game. She did, but it was it, it was short. It seemed like it was over before it started, and it could have been. And Bailey, you know, kind of in an unconventional way for her, uh, coward uh, cowardly left the ring. You know, took her belt and kind of ran with it. You saw that, right? Right, yeah. sure. Yeah. So I mean, so that was a little bit unconventional for her. So she's being a little sneaky and shifty. Um, and Charlotte's in again in her home turf. A lot mm-hmm. of home turf tonight. Bra- mm-hmm. uh, Braun, uh, Charlotte. <clears throat> but um, uh, I mean, I didn't care for that. I mean, comparing it to the other women's match, night and day, to be honest with you. Well, when Chad Gable won his matches against Andrade and Shane, he immediately like exited a ring in two seconds and like you know got out of there. I didn't mind that the Bailey bail bailed out like that. I I thought, you know, Charlotte. Let's be honest. Whether you like mm-hmm. Bailey, you know, or you really like Bailey. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any denying that Charlotte is just so much higher on the food chain than Bailey. So it's, it almost, I don't look, this is a really bad example, but people understand what I mean by it. It almost feels like a sort of Oscar versus Carmella. Oscar at that time was so much higher. She was so much higher on the food chain than Carmella that you felt like that the only way Carmella was going to win is a clusterfuck or some odd finish or something, you know, not just straight clean in the ring, straight up. And Charlotte being so much higher up than Bailey, you almost feel like 
the only way Charlotte could have really lost here, other than, you know, maybe some interference from Sasha, which, you know, I thought could have been a possibility tonight. Um, Bailey didn't need Sasha's help. Bailey retains the title. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it, it what happened had happened for a reason, just like the other ladies' match, and there's going to be something to that with the next pay-per-view, I guess, with, with uh, Hell in a Cell matches. Yeah, Hell in a Cell, which is, by the way, DT, three weeks away. Yeah, Jesus. October 6th. Yeah, the, the, the two nights after oh, SmackDown debuts, right? Yes, October 6th, <clears throat> and that, I'm glad you bring that up because we got to point this out. You know, they announced that the draft, I believe, is going to happen the following week. And right. they're doing a little bit of a, uh, a twist now, obviously because SmackDown is moving to Fox. The looks like that the first part of the draft will happen on SmackDown. The second part will happen on Raw. It's always been the reverse. Raw, then SmackDown. But everybody needs to keep in mind the debut on Fox and the draft and the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Because they debut on Fox two days before Hell in a Cell. They debut on Fox a week before the draft. Hell in a Cell airs five days before the draft starts. So whatever happens in Hell in a Cell, and I and I bring up this because of Becky Lynch more than anything. There's a lot of buzz going around and I hate using the word reports because there's so much bullshit in the news world out there. It's it's embarrassing. The funniest tonight was, you know, Roman and Rowan closing out the pay-per-view. It was just asinine. Yeah. Uh, even if that was considered, that's not even news. But, you know, the thing is, there's a lot of buzz that be uh, Becky Lynch may be brought back to SmackDown. And that goes back to a conversation that you and I had about four months ago. When they started having these wild card crap. And we said this wild card needs to end when they go to SmackDown. And not only that, some of the people like Roman Reigns, some of the people like Becky Lynch, some of the other people I think ultimately would be moving back to SmackDown once they go to Fox. Remember, Becky originally was on SmackDown. Then she won the Raw Women's title and then they made her officially on Raw. The only reason why I'm not sure about Becky and SmackDown is the Seth Rollins factor. WWE, you remember 20 years ago, WWE sometimes I think got a kick. You know, you could picture the meetings in the back with Vince going, <laughs> I'm going to split this couple up. You're going to Raw. You're going to SmackDown. I mean, there was a lot of couples back then that were being like on different brands. Now... You fucking blow someone, you're on the same brand if you got any net worth. It's true, you're right. You know, so Seth and Becky, now they're engaged. I don't think the power couple would be split up, so we'll see. But uh, Bailey retains the title. Now we have, um, I think I only got two matches wrong tonight, but this was one of them. <clears throat> I know um, you did better than me. I don't even. <laughs> I, I didn't do. Well, the, the only, the only look. I I said Becky was going to retain the, the this the DQ. You know, I didn't see that coming, but it was for me. It was revival and Roman Reigns. I almost. I look. We had no idea that Luke Harper was going to return, even though you know it was a great idea to have. But 
you know, you feel like, you know, it all is, Robin, look out! Mm-hmm. You, like, you get some type of revenge on this. I mean... Well, we, we mentioned it, DT, on uh, on Monday's show, and we talked about if Luke came out, maybe Daniel will come out to help Roman. That wasn't... I hope that know. doesn't happen, man. Daniel Bryan... I think, I think it's going to happen. I think it might happen for Hell in a Cell, two, two against two, don't you think? Yeah, possibly, but <clears throat> Daniel Bryan is so on fire as a fucking heel right now. The, his... Work the last three or four weeks have been my favorite since he's been in the WWE as a heel. You know, he was a heel in the past, but he just is on fire. And I look, maybe because of, you know, the move to Fox and yeah, you know, merch sales and just have like a heroic guy who's famous uh, to be a hero, you know, who will be. You know, in a babyface role, I think they're gonna turn. I think they're gonna turn him, DT. Yeah, it's it's. You know, I hope they don't. But then again, you look at it, and it's like, okay, what else are you gonna do with him right now? I'll tell you the truth. The way they've used it, and think about this, everybody out there, also think of how WWE has used Daniel Bryan the last six weeks. You would almost think that Daniel Bryan was injured. The way they've used him. Like, they have not used him in a physical way as much as you would think they would have used him. Yes, he had the match against Buddy Murphy. I'm not talking, but I'm saying, you know, you look at his overall work the last two months, it's almost like part time. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? He might be a great fit for NXT. Yeah, he could be. He could yeah, you're be. right. He like, could he, be. Like, I guess he can go. I mean, listen, it's not a demotion anymore. I mean, it never no. really was. It never really was. No. In the fans' eyes, it's certainly not. I mean, again, we, we keep, you know, we, I'm just saying, you know, as a general statement, we as an all fans podcast, as wrestling fans, uh, are doing this whole thing, you know, whether it's a, officially declared, it's a, it's a battle. It's a war between AEW and NXT. NXT is representing the WWE. They're going to need some main guy ammunition on there. Matt Riddle, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole can't do it all by themselves. Right. So they're going to need, they're going to need some help. And some of those guys have not them specifically, but others in NXT have done interviews and said, you know what? I'm happy in NXT. Yeah. I mean, I look at fucking what's his name, um, the the guy that was team. I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, the guy, Dane? Al, Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Okay. I mean, this guy is like locked up in a in a fucking dark hotel room the last four months, like challenging people to fights, and you know, then somebody accepts his challenge, and then right back in the hotel room again, and then Sami Zayn's accepts his challenge, and it doesn't happen on a pay per view. It's like, the fuck you? What are you doing with Alistair Black? I mean, I don't know what that is. And I think some people look and look, I still believe Alistair Black will end up getting a push. But you look at what they've done with him the last three months. I mean, there's got to be some people in NXT like <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm good. You know, like as long as my pay grade is good. You know, fuck, I'll ch- I'll run around chasing with a 24-7 title all night long if that's what you want me to do. But um, the Revival, they get the tag titles. Now, you know, the New Day are six-time champs. I think that's the low number when everything is said and done, possibly. But, you know, to me, the dumbest moment in the night next to the fucking referee and the Becky 
Sasha match, which we'll get into in a moment. Right. The <clears throat> second dumbest moment of the night was the end of the match. The match was decent, back and forth. Uh, but you had uh, Dash Wilder. No, was it Dash Wilder or Scott Dawson? No, Scott Dawson. Dawson. He's going to put the the submission move on Xavier Woods. And because of the knee, he tears the tights of Xavier Woods to expose his leg. Now, I'm sorry, but I don't know if you think otherwise, or maybe there's some scientific uh, legitimacy on this or logic, but explain to me why a cotton on your leg by removing it is going to intensify a submission move. I could see if he exposed uh, like a like a knee pad or he had a brace. I don't recall him removing a brace or anything. All he did was tear fucking cotton. And that's supposed to make Xavier Woods with unbearable pain. And Xavier Woods submits to the submission. And the Revival are once again tag champs. Yeah, I thought New Day would retire. You know, I guess in the end they do the the office. Let's call them thinks something of the revival. Still, don't get any reaction from the fans. DT, it's a lot of indifference. You know, Mm. I I said uh, they are the uh, new version of Tully and on. You know, minus the uh, the fans giving a shit thing. You know, I mean that they just they don't have they they just even as heels, people like they're heels. What what kind of connection should have? Again, it, it. you can have a connection to the fans as heels where they have passion to hate you and boo you because you're doing your job good. They just they don't have it. I mean, good technical in the ring, again, does not cut it. I mean, you can get titles, obviously. They still believe in putting belts on you, but I don't I don't I don't know what the point is uh, of these guys. They just get belts, they lose them. I, I, how many times champion are they now, DT? Three, four times? They're, I mean, I can't they're, they're at least two, and they've been Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, and they might be the first to do that. Triple. Um, yeah, but uh, I think this leads to heavy machinery. I, th- I hope so. At least they're all, at least that modus is over, well, for God's sake. Yeah. The, the reason why I say that is because of the promo that was cut by Scott Dawson after they won the belts. When they were talking about bringing back like legitimacy to the titles, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, uh, Daniel Bryan, Eric Rohn, <clears throat> you know, I mean, that was the whole thing about them being champions, even though Daniel Bryan, for some reason, thought it was okay to wear a leather belt. And I'm talking in storyline, but the revival talking about no more, sw- and, and I hope people picked up on this, and I could be way off on it. But when he was getting into specifics and saying no more, you know, uh, swaving, swerving with the hips or whatever he was using, but he was bringing up some of the gyrations that they do. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, heavy machinery is uh, is also like the lighthearted sort of goofy, like the modern day bushwhackers, almost like the white New Day. Yeah, kind of like the New Day. I'd say more bushwhackerish. Yeah, without a catchphrase. Yeah, without a catch. Yeah, it's true. They need a catchphrase. Yeah, I mean, uh, but it, it. I almost feel like heavy machinery should be by default the next ones to feud with them, and in a revival, basically, like you know, I thought we just brought legit, and now we're dealing with these clowns. You know, I almost feel like that's maybe where they're going with it, but you know, who knows? Maybe uh, New Day will be tag champs again on the first SmackDown on Fox. Who knows? 
I'll be honest, DT, I'll give that match an eye for indifference. I just didn't care about it. Yeah. Now, here's where I'm a little confused. Um, who are the current SmackDown WWE tag champs? Uh, who are the SmackDown tag team champions? The Revival. Revival. That's right. Oh, so wait a minute. Who are the Raw tag team champs? Uh, Brood and Ziggler now. Right. So the Revival were Smack were Raw wrestlers with SmackDown titles. Right, 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 right. Someone to mention that to me before. So, so now are the Revival uh-huh. permanently on SmackDown with Randy Orton or the Revival wrestling on Raw with the SmackDown titles? I'm wondering because someone is talking about that, how this is legit that Orton is forming a stable with the Revival. Well, um, you know, there is a little bit of a stable there, but remember the Revival were also hanging out with Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre and others. Well, yeah. you know. well Mac- McIntyre's out for a few weeks, I heard, right? Yeah, but no, he should be back any any week. This week oh, and next oh, week, okay. yeah. He's going to be back uh, almost, you know, could be even tomorrow, who knows. But uh, Revival almost like horse. They're almost, they're almost like your neighborhood whore. You know, they're in the locker room with Shane. They're in the locker room with Randy Orton. But now they, they can't say they're not using him. No. And you know what? Getting a little rub from Randy Orton is not a bad thing. That's what he's there for. DT, would you, can you say, and I put this on Twitter, it's just speculation on my part. Randy Orton's never going to win world championship again in his, his, the rest of his tenure in WWE. I, I think, think he will. Done. You think so? Yeah. I think he's done. With, I think he will. I, I think there will be at least one more big storyline where he gets a belt again. And with them having two titles, um, there's no reason why he can't get a title again for a short period of time. Even if he loses it a week or two later, um, it's, it's always possible. You have the, look, let's be honest, everyone. I know it's very convenient to answer this now. And most people will lie publicly but if we would have said to you two years ago, Kofi Kingston would be WWE champion and not only be WWE champion, but have a reign for five to six months, you would be like, um, did half the roster pass away in a plane crash? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I mean, seriously, or <clears throat> is is there like some type of, uh, you know, d- d- no, I mean, I don't think anybody would have ever seen that coming. And it's nothing against uh, Kofi Kingston. And it's not a black or a white thing. I think it's more of a size factor. And number two, with New Day dominating the tag team scene, no, I think if anybody thought someone would br- break out and be a heavyweight champion, it would have probably been Big E. I don't think, I, I think, you know, maybe 5% of fans out there if we said that two years ago, would have said, you know what? Hey, anything is possible. And, you know, I still feel anything is possible with Randy Orton. Randy Orton, and we'll get to that match later on. I will give Randy Orton a big compliment on something, and I gave him the same compliment in Saudi Arabia, and I'll give him the same compliment tonight. But uh, next, we have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Fire and Desire. Uh, Decent match. To me, it pretty much did what I thought it was going to be when I gave the predictions. Nikki Cross getting revenge uh-huh. for being called ugly, which, you know, uh, I'm in this day and age, I'm surprised we don't have the fucking ugly council in an uproar. How dare you call somebody ugly in 2019? But um, 
We even said last week, Nikki Cross is cute. Uh, she's very cute. Yeah, she's uh, that's that's the whole thing. She's not. I think that's just like you remember a few years back, DT, when they were making fun of Mickey James' weight as part of a gimmick. Uh, where they're calling her Piggy James and stuff. And we're like, she's got a nice body. What are you talking yeah. about? You know, Nikki you know, Cross, you know what she looks yeah. like to me? You know, oh. Ellen, you know Ellen DeGeneres? Ellen DeGeneres, sure. Yeah, Ellen. You know, Nikki Cross almost looks like a segment on Ellen where Ellen is talking about like a woman who's in the back and she's got no style and she's not happy about her look and she's not happy about her hair. So they decided to do a makeover and, and Nikki Cross looks like the before. And then, you know, you have the after and she's wearing cover up and she's wearing lip gloss and makeup and has her hair nice and frizzy and she's got like a blouse on and stuff and she would look completely different. Nikki Cross looks like the before of a makeover and that's intentional in my opinion. Well, it's true. It's uh, DT. You remember like the old expression our parents used to say, a uh, plain Jane. Yeah. Like you ever, you ever hear that or expression? Oh, she's a plain Jane. But like, which is not ugly. It means that she doesn't, you know, she could spruce herself up, but she looks plain, but she could look like something. And that's what I'm sure. Nikki Cross gets all dolled up. She's, she's, she's a cute girl. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they got the revenge. You know, the match was okay. I just, you know, the only uh, highlight to me was. Earlier in the night with an interview segment with Bliss and Cross, you had R-Truth holding like a microphone. Uh, I, I don't know what that was, but ba- basically putting the microphone in front of Alexa Bliss's face and Alexa Bliss gets on a microphone. She says, uh, R-Truth is in the building. Next thing that you know, funny. you got the Benny Hill segment again. That but, was, fun. That was yeah, kind of funny. Yeah, R-Truth hits the ring and Alexa Bliss tries to get the win. But she doesn't. She rolled up our truth and only got a two count. And next thing you know, they left. And I thought she looked very cute, by the way. I yeah. She now there's someone who may arguably had a little bit too much makeup tonight. But to me, yeah. to me, the reason why I had no problem is because it looked more like costume. She did. She looked like the Harley Quinn character tonight. Like uh, she used to look like when she first debuted on SmackDown four years ago. I guess. Yeah. It was. yeah. Um. Yeah. So those who took part in the. Uh, Patreon predictions contest tonight. The bonus question is the 24 seven title defended tonight. The answer would actually be yes, because Alexa bliss technically uh, tried to win and got a two count. So technically for a couple of seconds, there was a match. Um, You know, it didn't result in a pin, but you know, she actually tried to win. But uh, they did retain the tag titles. You know, I haven't stopped to think who would be the next two to actually be a viable threat for those belts. Um, Right now, Bliss and Nikki Cross, almost like in limbo, because I'll still stick to my view that the four horsewomen are the only four women right now that are getting any type of substantial push in WWE. I don't know if you feel that way, but Bliss and Nikki Cross, it just feels like filler more than anything else. Think so? It feels like filler. It just, you know, Alexa Bliss, if you actually pay attention to her in-ring work, it's not what it was before injury. And yes, they are doing baby steps with her, which they, they are doing the right thing. But it just, I don't know. I don't, I, I. I just after the iconics had it, this just feels I don't know, doesn't f- feel strong. 
You know, Bailey and Sasha, it felt a little bit strong. Um, but Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, it just feels like a split waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, next we had Shinsuke with Sami Zayn in his corner wearing a neck brace versus The Miz for the IC title. Uh, Sami Zayn almost doing like a little bit of Jimmy Hart or Abraham Washington, whichever way you want to look at it, getting on the mic and bad talking Miz. You know, the match was was what it was. Um, I was surprised to look back and realize it went almost 10 minutes. Uh, you know, Sami Zayn getting involved late in the match. But in the end, uh, you had Nakamura hit the Kinshasa for the yeah. uh, one, two, three and retains the title. Yeah, it was an okay. Match. I just don't like the Miz as a baby face. I continue to, uh, as a matter of fact, it's uh, something I get the most hits on is when I comment on Miz's shittiness as a baby face. Seems like a lot of people are in agreement. Uh, I just don't like him as a baby face. I just don't like the way he wrestles as a baby face. Um, Surprised me Nakamura got the win. I thought Miz is kind of more of a high-profile guy. Nakamura, is, they're so inconsistent with him. But, uh, yeah, he gets the win. And Sami Zayn was entertaining during the match. He was funny. Yeah. I mean, it was funny at one point where the Miz took Sami Zayn's microphone, threw it up to yeah. the stage. <laughs> there was no more talk, talking and yelling. Yeah, yeah. But, that was funny. I don't know. I mean, Miz and Maurice are about to be uh, proud parents again, second child. It's going to happen any day. And I just felt that, you know, the Miz is going to be taking a little bit of time off uh, to be with his newborn. I mean, not that much time off, but I don't know. It just felt like I'm fine with the Miz as uh, of babyface. I prefer him as a heel. Um, Still to this day, turning Alberto babyface was one of the dumbest things of all time. But I'm not happy completely with the Miz as a babyface. But since I like Miz and Mrs. Mrs. You watch it? Yeah, I watch it a little bit. And oh, yeah, it's actually, you know what? I uh I don't watch Total Divas, I don't watch Total Bellas, but you know, I, I watched a little bit of Miz and Mrs. And they come off as, you know, very down to earth, very funny. Obviously, they're playing up to the cameras, but Miz is to me is very likable in this reality series. So when you actually watch this series and you really enjoy Miz's work in it, when you watch him on TV, that kind of carries over. So you have that positive and look, I'm not saying this in any sexual way. You have this positive emotion about Miz because of the reality show. So when you see it carry over onto TV, a little bit of that remains so yeah. I see Miz a little bit differently. The only reason why, and I said it Monday, why I felt Shinsuke was retaining was because the Miz just felt like it was filler because they couldn't figure out who else to give Shinsuke on the pay-per-view to defend the IC title. Yeah. But yeah, a few people in the chat saying they never saw Miz and Mrs. You really should. I mean, I'm not one that likes these reality shows. In fact, I probably have seen maybe three or four different reality series in my entire life. Mm. And this one is not bad. I don't watch it on a regular basis, but when I do catch some episodes, they're not bad. Yeah, I think I'm 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 actually not correct. I saw a piece of Ms. and Mrs. At 10 minutes. It was the one where her family came in from uh, Montreal and they were making fun of Ms. in French. Yeah. See, you know, they come off, you know what? Ben says it the perfect way. 
they come off as likable good people. Not saying that the total Bellas or total Divas aren't good people, but they just come off as people that you wouldn't mind being your neighbors. You know, like they, right. you just feel like, you know, you can have a beer with Miz and hang out. It just, you come off very likable. Right, right. You know, so, and you feel also a little bit of humility of Miz in wrestling. Cause we remember back in the day, you know, when Miz first came in, if I remember correctly, it was a JBL or Undertaker would do his bags in the fucking street or whatever. I mean, yeah. he was not accepted. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that he was able to, overcome that and mature yeah so now becky versus sasha for the royal women's championship now uh i don't know the the match it went about 13 minutes and the after match brawl went almost 10 minutes so the after match brawl went almost as long as the match itself uh, in the end, Becky still is your champion. Um, there were a few things I did not like in this match. Number one, um, the chair shot that Becky hit the referee. That is God awful, embarrassing. The brawl obviously made up for it, but look at it again. Uh, it, unless maybe I wasn't looking clearly or maybe I had some crap in my eyes that I or some gook. But uh, if I recall, didn't she like hit him in the arm? This guy was passed out for about 20 minutes. <laughs> Where the fuck is EMS? Where the fuck? This guy's passed out from a, a lame, soft chair shot to the fucking tricep. It was embarrassing dumb, dopey. Another problem I had with this is after they brawl, and the brawls were fine, but after they brawl and after they go back in the ring and the match is officially announced as being over, I don't know if anybody caught, caught on to it, but you had the announcer say that Becky Lynch has been disqualified. They never announced Sasha as the win, as the winner. And not only that, just picture this if you didn't see it. The announcer is saying that Becky Lynch has been disqualified for hitting an official. And then the next thing you know, Becky Lynch's music is being played. Yeah. They didn't announce Sasha as the winner, and they don't play Sasha Banks' music. They play Becky's music. And I'm saying to myself, whoever the fucking producer was in the ma- in the back, and I hope to God it, wa- it wasn't Dana Warrior, whoever fucking produced this seriously should be hung by their balls. This was, this was god-awful. This was this terrible. And in WWE, that should not be. The chair shot to the referee, look, it was soft. But the, the idea that this referee is laid out in the ring for almost 15 goddamn minutes, it's little things like that. It's I've said it before. It's like going to a nice restaurant. And, you know, they say, okay, you want a soup, you want an appetizer, you want a main course. And you say, you know what? Give me everything at the same time. And you sit down and you look at everything, and the soup looks great. The soup tastes great. 
You look at the right. appetizer, the zucchini sticks look good. They taste good. You look at the steak, the steak is cooked just right. It's got some nice vegetables. The seasoning is good. You taste the piece. It's good. It seems all right. But then you look in the little corner of the dish and you see a dead fly. And right. as soon as you see that dead fly, I don't care how good all that other stuff was. It's like, no, 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 thank you. There's a fucking fly here in the form of a referee being knocked out from a chair shot to the arm. There's a fucking fly here because they announce Becky is being disqualified, but don't announce Sasha as the winner, and they play Becky's music. So those couple of things, to me, is what spoiled what would have been my favorite match of the night. Yeah. I don't know. How would you feel about it? I like the match. I mean, there was a couple, like you said, the referee thing was stupid. Uh, dopey. Our favorite word, dopey. Um, other than that, I thought it was a, an intense. Sasha brought her to a great match, something that, uh, you know, her other opponents before Sasha could not do for Becky. Becky needs a feud like this. She got the best out of her, and she got the best out of her. So I like the feud itself. I like I like that this is going to continue, obviously. So I enjoyed the match. It was it was my favorite match of the night, especially when they took it out to the crowd and everything was cool. Yeah, I think this does lead to Hell in the Cell. And honestly, I'd rather see Becky and Sasha in Hell in the Cell than when I saw Charlotte and Sasha in Hell in the Cell. Yeah, I think they match up. Becky and Sasha match up really good. I wasn't sure that they were going to match up that good, but they do. They yeah. match up a lot better than Bailey and Charlotte match up. Mm -hmm. so you know the, look the match itself was not bad i agree with you they gelled well together and they should they brawled in nxt countless times they brawled on tv in the past you know th there's a reason why they call the force for horsewomen not because they're all pen pals they fought yeah. each other they've teamed up with each other they i don't think people realize how many years that these four have been interacting with each other. So by now, I mean, everybody seems to forget Bailey and Sasha having match of the year, arguably for NXT's takeover. So, mm -hmm. you know, and that's been several years ago. So by now, you know, it's almost like, you know, I don't, I'm not on this level, but it's almost like Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair. You know, everybody remembers Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair in, what, 89 or 88 or whatever it was. It was uh, 89. It was 89. But people forget that Steamboat and Flair went at it in 81, 83, 84. 84. So, you know, there was many years for them to really gel. So you, you kind of knew uh, or expected them to have a good match. Um, just those little things just really you know, turn me off with it, but they put on a good effort. And uh, for some people already bringing it up, I did see this documentary thing that they did with Sasha on the network. We'll talk about me it too. tomorrow. Yeah. We'll talk yeah. about it tomorrow. We'll, we'll have a discussion on it. Um, but Sasha, you know, will definitely continue to feud with Becky. Uh, next we have the main event for oh, the, the semi main event for the evening. I, I should call it coffee Kingston. Versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Uh, went 20 minutes. Had a decent brawl. Uh, I think Randy Orton is WWE's uh, safe MVP when as far as a go-to guy to put on a reliable, consistent storytelling match because all his matches tell a story. 
I thought his work with Triple H in Saudi Arabia was excellent. Randy Orton obviously is not an old man. He can still go. Unfortunately, though, you know, when they say that this this feud was 10 years in the making, um, I that that doesn't do anything for me. And I'm st- I still I look at Kofi Kingston's reign as WWE champion. And with the exception of the WrestleMania match and maybe those last five seconds of the cage match where he retained, you take those two things aside. I'm sorry. I don't see a WWE DVD box set on Kofi Kingston's world WWE championship run. It has been lackluster. This match with Randy Orton did not feel special. The feud has been good. There's been some legit heat and they, you know, they've definitely built up the match decent. But in the end, you know, and I hope people look back. I could be wrong. I don't think I am wrong. And I didn't get any special feed. I didn't get the AEW feed tonight where the top stars get booed. Um, but Kofi seemed like he got a decent amount of booze when he came out. He did. He did. I, I was actually going to say, well, what a different six months make. Roman Reigns got barely any booze and got a better reaction than Kofi Kingston did. Uh, yeah, he did get booze. Uh, it was funny. People like, uh, would you ever think they'd have to try to uh, fuck with the audio with booze for Kofi Kingston? Well, um, you know, but yeah, it's it's it, it's starting to turn. In the end, and- in the end after brawling for 20 minutes and telling a story in the ring, the fans were, they Kofi won the fans over. Um, to a degree, yeah. To a degree. But um, just early on, I think, you know, this run now, you know, I, I hate to say it, man, but it almost feels like somebody in the offices are like, you know, we have to keep the belt on them. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's not like you're looking at revenue and you're like, oh man, you know, we got to keep this. But there's, you know, how we we say that there's different ways to say the same sentence. You're know, like ten different times, like you know, all right, you, you see an ugly girl, you know, yeah, you, you could say I'm not gonna fuck that, or you could say I'm not gonna fuck that, or right. you may say I'm not gonna fuck that. You know, like you <laughs> can emphasize different words, and it was. Oh, fuck that. Oh, fuck that? <laughs> but, you know, in the WWE offices, there are different ways of saying, oh, we got to keep the belt on Kofi. Or we got to keep the belt on Kofi. You know, it's like, we got to keep we got to keep the belt on Kofi. You know, it's almost like they're forced to keep the belt on this guy. It's almost, it, look, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody. I just tell it like it is. You respect my opinion. I respect yours. I don't say things to personally offend anybody out there, but it, I almost feel that the last month and a half of Kofi Kingston's reign or two months, right. it feels like somebody is afraid to take the belt off of him. It just feels like there's fear. I'm not saying Kofi didn't deserve to get the WrestleMania win. I loved it. And I had no problem with it. And I don't feel that people should be rewarded with titles because of longevity or dedication or anything. If it's the right person for the right time, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Kofi was the right person at the right time. There's no denying that. Three, four months in, 
you know, quote Owen Hart, and you know, it's time for a change. And now yeah. it just feels like, look, if he started catching fire in his matches, you mm-hmm. know, oh my God, look, did you see his title defense against Kevin Owens? Holy shit. He fucking, he's, he's turning it up a notch. Oh my God. You see Kofi against uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler. He, he's, he's, he's on fire. He's just obsessed. He's focused. He's on a whole different level. Do you see him go to the, I mean, you talk about Killer Cross. Killer Cross is on fire right now in the indie circuit and other places. You could say that about other wrestlers out there. You could say that about, um, what MJF with AEW MJF, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, that, uh, sometimes I mix up his initial. I say MFJ no, no. or, you know, but, um, you know, there's some people who out of nowhere just catch fire. Kofi Kingston to me hasn't caught fire. And I, Randy Orton, that's why I give Randy Orton so much praise tonight because Randy Orton told the story that by the end of the night, Kofi won a lot of those boos over. Um, but it, I still feel like, you know, why is he heavyweight champion right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think there's the, it's a bigger picture. I think Brock is the guy in October, especially when they go with this deal with the people they're dealing with. Oh, yeah, the problem, yeah. It's probably already in the works yeah. uh, with these guys going, listen. You know, I think Brock we, Lesnar's you and I said, not to interrupt you, I think you and I said that Brock Lesnar was going to take Kofi's belt three, four months ago. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. And I think we're on course for that to happen. I think the fact that Randy Orton got solidly beaten tonight and he's going to be out of the title picture. It's in three weeks. The show debuts three weeks from this past Friday. I think his reign comes to an end that night. I guarantee I have to work that night. You'll be doing a show. I guarantee I'll go on my phone and I'll see first thing that happened tonight. Brock Lesnar came out and challenged Kofi Kingston for the title. Beat Kofi Kingston in the main event. I'm going to be like, yep, I, this is what I thought was going to happen. They have to debut with a splash, and that's the biggest splash they can make. Well, I'll say this. Other than our thoughts way back months ago that it would have been cool to see Big E turn heel and feud with coffee. That's who yeah. the, the one thing that I regret WWE did not do in this feud, which I honestly think would have helped this man would have helped his opponent. And I also yeah. feel that although you may not have looked at it, it would have probably been superstar Billy Graham's most hated match in his career, but it would not have been a typical WWE championship match, but I think a lot of people will agree with me on this. A storyline that I said several months ago, WWE never decided to do that. I thought that they should have done. Ali should have turned heel. Ali should have been the one instead of Dolph Ziggler. And Ali should have been the one saying that should have been me. I was supposed to be in the elimination chamber. I got injured. That should have been me. You should give me a title shot because if it wasn't for my injury, you wouldn't have been in that match. Ali should have turned heel and they should have had a little feud. Fuck the mutual respect and the handshakes, but there should have been some type of a feud. Yes, again, not your typical WWE championship match, but I think that would have caught a little bit of momentum for Ali. 
I mean, he's too busy in, in fucking basements reaching for the light. I mean, this motherfucking storyline should have turned heel and should have went after Kofi's belt that Kofi never gave him the opportunity for a title shot because it should have been him. And they right. never did that. And Ali right now, you know, I, I was going to save this for tomorrow, but I'll mention it now. He did an autograph signing over the weekend and he got a wonderful turnout. And I was happy for him because you you get a turnout like that. Fans are paying to meet you. It's not like he's sitting next to fucking Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? Like fans paid to see him. Yeah. And I was happy for him. The thing that pisses me off, not personally, but just annoys me. It, it shouldn't say piss me off. The thing that annoys me is I wish someone, please, in Discord right now, could you pull up Ali's tweet? that he wrote either today or yesterday about that autograph signing. I got to read it for everybody out there because I read this and I'm saying to myself, this is, he's like the poster child of what is wrong in many ways when it comes to social media and maybe not necessarily just WWE, but just race, gender, sexual orientation, color that that tweet just annoyed the fuck out of me because i have read that a thousand times from him you and i had this conversation about two months ago that yeah. wwe women and some minorities in wwe seem to almost like drool when they find someone on twitter look Every celebrity, every athlete, every movie star, every musical performer has gotten thousands of hate mail over the years. You know, 20, 30 years ago, it was bags of mail. You know, just yeah. look at the Jackie Robinson story, and that is to the fucking umpteenth level. You know, a lot of people get hate mail. You don't have to be black or gay to get hate mail. Everybody would get hate mail. All right? We do. So, yeah, we do. But he gets... he. You know, look, he gets hate mail on social media just like anybody else. But mm -hmm. it seems like some people will wait for a certain, you know, profile on Twitter. Somebody right. who has maybe like 30 followers and will say something derogatory. And then they'll go back and say that, you know, you, you know, you should not look at things because of religion. You should not look at things because of gender. You should not look at things yeah. because of this. And everybody right. should be this. And it's like, why even acknowledge a troll like that? They're 100% wrong for insulting Ali or the women or anything else. So when you see them do that, and then that's not the tw the tweet, gender. Uh, you know what? I hate uh, uh, what I hate when uh, people don't fucking look. Here, okay, Shazzy. Thank you, Shazzy. He's the one that wrote it. Okay. This is what he wrote on Twitter. Is that the tweet that Shazzy posted? Yeah, let me said. read it for everybody. Right. Days like this are always going to be wild to me. Growing up, my name, my background, my color was always met with negativity. Today in Charlotte, North Carolina, I had a sold out signing. The last thing anyone cared about was my name, my background, my color. They just wanted to show me love. Well, Mr. Ali, if they just wanted to show you love, then why not tweet only about that love? 
You're the one that brought up negativity. You're the one that needed to remind everyone for the 58th time about your name, your background, how you were treated in the past. It That's gone. Everybody cares about you. Everybody loves you. Everybody enjoys your work. Why? It, it's almost like people don't want to let go when they were abused, because it's always like, instead of just saying, wow, thank you, everybody, Charlotte, North Carolina, who turned out tonight, or sold that autograph sign, never in a million years ever thought that would happen, love everybody, everybody was great, hope to come back again soon. No, that's just that's boring. Instead, yeah. I need to remind you that I am uh, Indian or Muslim or, or black or gay. I need to remind you that back in the day, I was treated like shit. I was b b racially profiled. I was by back in the day. I never in a million years of this, but everybody treated me equal. You know what the funny thing is? He's not treating everyone equal because if you want to be treated like everybody, this is why I talk about everybody equally. I don't care if you're white, black, straight, gay. I don't care. I talk about everybody equally because right. I try to treat everybody equally. I don't pander for certain groups. I just treat everybody like they're my friend, like they're my brother, like they're my brother from another mother, that they're a cousin, a long lost, whatever. I treat everybody equal. And I always feel, and this is how I live life, that I treat people the way that I want to be treated back. Unfortunately, I don't get that all the time. You know, I brought talking about it more in breakfast soup than anything else. I went to a post office like a month ago. And as I'm leaving, there's a woman walking inside and I hold the door for her. And she looks at me and she says, uh, I have two hands. I don't need you to hold the door. Like she thought, wow. because I'm a man, that as a woman, she doesn't need my help. And I just looked at her, I said, oh, sorry. And I just kept walking. I'm saying, I said, wow, what a whack job. You know, it's Not just really. like everybody, there's too many people <clears throat> that have race on the brain 24-7 and have gender creed. Stop. If you want everybody to be treated equally, stop reminding of what people used to do to yesteryear. Go forward, not backward. And I fucking, I, I, that just turns me off. It just turns me off. I, there's no doubt that Ali is telling the truth. But why keep bringing this up? And that happens over and over and over again. And I, I look, I know this. that's a really raw thing to talk about. And I don't expect you to, you know, to agree or respond because, you know, what I just said would probably get sparked by a lot of negativity. It's no, wrong. but I... I, I Again, we being white guys, you know, whatever, we all have different experiences in life of uh, the way we're treated or whatever. I mean, it, it's kind of uh, different for everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is. I don't I don't know if uh, uh, an African-American can relate to a Latin American, can relate to an Asian-American, can relate to an Indian-American. Uh, it's, all, it's all different. I mean, you could say, oh, racism is racism, but I, I don't know. You know, I mean, you have to take people at their word. It makes me feel sad to hear that somebody was had such a rough go of it up until they got famous. Because personally, I've always been around in the club business. It's such a melting pot of 27 years of working mm -hmm. with different ethnicities. The whole security staff is African-American. Um, my ownership has usually been Latin or Italian. 
uh, or Jewish. Uh, other guys I work with are Spanish, Asian. We work with gay, a lot of lesbian girls I work with, with the bartenders. Mm-hmm. I, we all get along, and I don't ever hear them telling me stuff like this. We talk, and I, again, so it's, I guess it's a different experience for, for everybody. You know, but because when someone says, oh, until I got famous, you know, people treated me horribly for a majority of my life. I'm like, I, wow, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I didn't, I didn't have that experience with, and I didn't see people as that either. I guess, again, you know, maybe we're in a New York bubble or something, DT. Mm, I don't know. No, maybe. But, uh, all right. Well, Kofi retains the belt. Uh, we'll see where it goes leading into the Fox deal. Uh, this leads next to Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan, no DQ match. Only match yeah. of the night that did not involve a title. Uh, as we said earlier, Luke Harper uh, made his return, got involved, helped Eric Rowan win in the end. Now, I, I just got to ask this question. I don't know if you picked up on this. Maybe I just didn't notice it. But early well, on in the match, I noticed the referees putting on gloves. And I looked right. closely. And I didn't see Roman bleeding. I didn't see Rowan bleeding. Um, okay. not, 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 I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a Rowan match. Take, take it back. I'm getting confused with Strowman and Rollins. Forget forget Strowman. what I said. Okay, Save that Strowman. for later because I, I forgot we got Rollins and Strowman still. But right, keep okay. that thought for later. But um, Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan, like I said, my favorite match of the night. Um, you know, I loved that it. it was no DQ. I yep. I think some of the other matches tonight should have been no DQ, but obviously they wanted this one to stand out. Uh, told a great story. Uh, Eric Rowan, again, I said this last week about his promos. I'll say it again now. It's amazing. It took them this many years to let Eric Rowan just go balls out and show what he can do because Eric Rowan is talented, and I'm not going to lie. This is going to sound a little weird, but there's been countless pay-per-views where Eric Rowan wrestled by himself, or maybe that fucking time where he, I think it was a Survivor Series match or something, but other than teaming up with Luke Harper and the Wyatt family, right? every match that I can remember that Eric Rowan ever had as a singles performer I just didn't like it. I felt like this guy is just not over. He's not clicking. I don't know why he's in the position that he's in. I knew he could do more, but at that point, I didn't think he was on that level. I was never just, I just was totally just indifferent about Eric Rowan. Tonight was my favorite Eric Rowan singles match to date. I thought he really put on a great performance. And Roman Reigns, I can't say nothing. I mean, it was just a very physical, hard bumps. There was a tackle that that Eric Rowan hit to Roman Reigns outside the ring when Roman was clearing the tables. And it was just a physical brawl. I thought as far as storyline and feuds, especially the storyline, which was not great, that Roman was trying to fucking murder Roman Reigns. Um, they fought like Roman Reigns wanted a game revenge. They fought like Aaron, Eric Rowan wanted to end Roman Reigns' career. I loved the match. Yeah, it was a good match. It was, and it was one of those things that people like Rowan versus Reigns. You you heard the scuttlebutt on it, DT. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from some of our 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 uh, cohorts and some you know other people that this is going to be on the pay per view. This is the payoff of this whole angle. Or, 
and it turned out to be not too bad. And and listen, Rowan has paid his dues there. He's he's done a lot. And in the end, they brought it was a good way to bring Harper back. You know, the two wide family members who everyone's always complaining about should get more out of being in this company. And maybe they'll get that now. Maybe the Bludgeon Brothers are over. They'll go back to being who they are with this, you know, without wearing a gimmick and bringing hammers to the ring. Yeah, fuck and, those uh, hammers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, leave yeah, them yeah, behind. Yeah. yeah, leave them behind. And uh, again, you know, they'll these guys will get another run, so to speak, you know, you know and uh, utilize them the way they need to be utilized. It, it's Connor's Cure Month. Auction those fucking those hammers on eBay. Give the money to fucking Connor's Cure or whatever. Yeah, yeah don't forget about those fucking. They don't need them. They don't need them. Um, yeah. I like the match. It went 17 minutes, and uh, in the end, Eric Rowan gets the win. So this adds the new dynamic. I'll say again what I said earlier. You mentioned it last week. The idea of Daniel Bryan team with Roman Reigns, I I can see it happening. I hope we don't see it happening unless they tease the teaming up of Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, and then maybe Daniel Bryan swerves. And then fucking turns on Roman Reigns. and But uh, I don't know where this leaves Daniel Bryan. I don't know where this leaves him. I wonder if he should be NXT bound. Well, you got to say this much, DT. If they do turn him and he teams with Reigns, that's quite a quite a team they're going to put together there, even if it's just for a hell in a cell. Yeah. Ben says, what did Roman pick up and hit Roman with on the stage? Um, I don't know. I mean, he said it looked like a, like a mace. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I mean, sure. I got to go back and watch yeah, it. Yeah, I got to go back and watch it again. I mean, yeah. I just, it's, the match just told a wonderful story. I mean, you know, I'm I'm glad that it's going to go to the next level. And again, it's done against Kayla Braxton. But I just, if I had a drink for every time I had to rewatch that segment, Rowan, look out! Oh my God, yeah. get help! Oh my God! <laughs> if I had a drink every time I saw that, I would have fucking outdrank Big Cass this weekend. I would have been 10 times more bombed than that guy. I just, uh, oh man, I just, I'm done with that stuff. And I don't even want it ever happen to the fucking lookalike. It looked like when we saw that lookalike, because I wasn't on the shows that week, but when we saw that lookalike in the back with Eric Rowan, yeah. it felt like Spaceballs when they saw their stunt doubles. Yeah. Remember Spaceballs when they saw this stunt? That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. But So now we got the main event. Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman for the Universal title. Uh, as I was saying earlier, um, it was a little odd, but I saw the referee putting on gloves. And I looked closely and I said, wait a minute, where did Rollins or Strowman get bloodied? I, did, I don't know if anybody out there could confirm this with me or not, but I didn't see uh, Strowman bleeding before the gloves were put on. Now, Mambo says that Strowman had blood on his nose. Okay, so maybe he did have like a little bloody nose or something. I don't know. I didn't see any blood at all. But the match was shorter than I think people thought it would be. It only went about 11 minutes. I think... You know, the story of this match is Rollins, you know, putting the curb stomp onto Strowman over and over and over and Strowman still kicking out. But finally, Rollins hits the pedigree and then the curb stomp one more time gets the one, two, three. After the match is over, we thought they were going off the air. We were like, wait, the Fiend is not going to come out. And they put the logo 
in the lower right-hand corner. So we're like, ah, fuck. All right, let me go in the other room and do the show. And all of a sudden, the lights go out. And like, ah, okay. All right, mm-hmm. cool. And The Fiend is on the stage. Like I said earlier, it seemed like he put ether on Seth Rollins because Rollins all of a sudden was unconscious on his knee. And uh, he gives him his finisher. And then he puts the mandible claw on Rollins and... Rollins very vocal, you know, animated vocal, getting the mandible claw. Um, yeah. And it's how it went off the air. Bray Wyatt also very vocal. Yeah, great ending. I love the way it ending. It was a good duck. Uh, it was a good ending. It'll, it would make the average fan definitely tune in tomorrow night to Raw. That was the whole point of how it used to be in the old days. Yeah. Now, um, I'm... I'm interested to seeing Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins in Hell in a Cell. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be in the Hell in a Cell. Not every, it's not like a TNA pay-per-view where every match is defended in the Cell. Um, you have to start trying to pick what matches could you see and what matches would you want to see in the Hell in a Cell. You know, we sort of think Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. Okay, maybe them on the women's side. But on the men's side, do you want to see Rollins and Bray Wyatt in the cell, or do you want them to have a straight-up match? I want to see him in the cell. Yeah. I want to see him in the cell. Yeah. I, I definitely want to see him in the cell. Um, I want to see how Braun Strowman plays into this now. With You know, he lost you know, legit loss, but it took a lot to, to put him down. So that shows that he has heart and he can't be easily beaten and deserves another title shot. So a three-way between those three guys is is inevitable, you know? Yeah. What'd you think of the match with Rounds and Strowman? Overall? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was not bad. I, I liked the whole the both told it told a story. Like I said, the big, the big giant monster, like could only be taken down by Seth Rollins throwing everything at him with the kitchen in the kitchen sink, even giving him a Triple H's finisher. Uh, you know how many stomps? Four on the head. Um, again, and then you know him selling that his knee went out, and he's always you know legit has knee problems. So to sell a knee, everybody will buy it as legit, even if it's a work. He's always has knee problems, Braun Strowman. So it was a good way to sell that. And he was bleeding from his face. He looked like he was knocked loopy on one of those things where his head hit the bounced off the mat, probably legit, probably by accident. Uh, so it was. He, they told a good story. I think the match told the story. I didn't like the way the dissension, like me and you talked about, it was bullshit dissension the way they went into the match. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the end, it ended good. And and I listen, DT. I was about to to tune out when he was on the ramp and they were showing the logo for up next Sasha Banks uh, on stay tuned WWE network. I was like, okay, I'm going to switch over. And then the lights went out. Cause I'm, I bet a couple of people turned out tuned out yeah, and was so like, Oh shit, it's not over yet. It's not yeah. over yet. Oh shit. Yeah, so, it, so again, it ended the way the match, it, it, it told the story. It was good. Psychologically. It went the way it needed to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Strowman, Trying to do the Superfly splash was impressive. That was great. That was great. Yeah, he and then when they replayed it, he got up there. He looked nervous. He looked like he lost his footing a little bit. He's wearing work boots. He's not wearing wrestling yeah. boots. Yeah. You haven't noticed that? He mm-hmm. wears like work boots that you wear out in the fucking field. Yeah. Um, but he got some good height on that, and he's legit 360, 370, legit. Yeah. So that was, that was some fucking good airtime he got up there. When you look back at Yokozuna 
fucking just doing a splash on the middle rope and fucking bouncing on the rope. <laughs> that in, that involves virtually no agility whatsoever. Yeah. All you got to do is just bounce up and down and just go backwards. I mean, Strowman climbing that rope was pretty damn impressive. But, uh, uh, you know, like again, the pay-per-view went off the air. I think the way everybody wanted it to be. Um, on a scale of one to ten, what did you think of the pay per view? Your favorite match, which we know is the women, but your least favorite match, and again, uh, your rating one to ten. Least favorite match was the revival match. I just in New Day, I could not get into it. I was so disinterested. I was f- bullshitting around with everybody. On, I think I went into even the party chat at that point to socialize with those guys uh, on in Discord. Uh, so least favorite match is revival, which is usually anything revival. Good wrestlers, but I have no connection to them at all. I could care less. And uh, favorite match besides the ladies, I'm going to go with you, DT, with uh, Reigns and uh, and Rowan. Scale of 1 to 10 when you give the pay-per-view. I'll give it an 8. Okay. All right. Uh, for me, same thing. Favorite match, Rowan versus uh, Roman. Uh, least favorite match, New Day versus Revival. Only because, you know, the Revival are talented as fuck, but... Um, this one feels like they're definitely just keeping the titles warm for another tag team, possibly heavy machinery. Just uh, did not flow. Um, you know, Biggie, you know, just disappearing at the end. Just I, I couldn't get into it. Uh, scale of one to ten, I give it. Uh, I give it a seven. I, I was almost close to six and a half, but the reason why I give it a seven. Just looking back at the matches, Styles and Cedric Alexander went too short. Cruiserweight yeah. title match was very sloppy. Rollins yeah. and Strowman losing the belts just felt like it went through the motions. It was not standing out. Bailey and Charlotte went over only three minutes. So so far, not you know everything seemed average. So what do you give an average score? Maybe a six and a half, a seven. The revival versus New Day was my least favorite match of the night. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Fire and Desire just fell fell flat to me. Nakamura versus Miz was entertaining, but I think, again, may have fell flat for some people. Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks was decent. Um, great brawl, told a nice story, but still a couple of things that were just absolutely no excuse, horrendous sloppy, uh, which I said before. Kofi mm. versus Randy Orton. To me, fell flat. Did not was not any breakout match for Kofi. That leaves Reigns versus Roman, which was excellent. Seth versus Strowman, which was good. So you don't, you know, a year from now, uh, what are you really going to remember from this night? You're going to remember that's such that's true. I'll, I'll go a little lower. I'll go. I'll copy Mambo Mike and go seven point five. Yeah. I just think it's better than seven. Eight eight might be too much. Or I'll go seven and a half. Yeah. So you know, it's okay. I mean, it wasn't bad, but um, you know, to me, it was more of one of those pay per views that you'll probably quickly forget about. Yeah, I just I guess I just like the ending and I've not liked the ending of a pay-per-view in so long in this fucking company because yeah. it just goes fades to black and that's it. Nothing really of note. Yeah. And they left you saying, wow, wonder what how Seth going to respond tomorrow. Is the fiend going to come out tomorrow and cut a promo or what's what's Braun going to do? So I'm actually wondering how all three of those guys are going to act tomorrow night. I'm actually curious. Yeah. So well, we will see. And tomorrow night we will return the DTKC show and then uh for our patrons, Tuesday will be Breakfast Soup Live. 
Wednesday will be breakfast soup. Uh, I will be on vacation from Thursday to Monday. Have to take care of something for the parents. And uh, I don't know if I'll be on next Monday. It's a little up in the air right now. It depends on what time I get back to New York. Uh, you want to record uh, Castle Chronicles Wednesday? Yeah, we have to. I will be okay. yeah, out of New okay. York uh, early Thursday morning. Okay. So. Yeah. We'll record a Wednesday. No problem. Yeah. And, um, everybody, please, you know, let us know what you thought of the pay-per-view and, uh, by the way, thank you everybody for the feedback regarding, uh, Wednesday night, Donald might, it looks like it is a keeper. Um, it was just a pilot episode. It's going to be tweaked quite a bit. It's going to be some changes. Uh, the next episode will be, um, a week and a half. We're not, we're not doing it next week, but the week after, and then we will decide if it's going to be a weekly show or if it's going to be every other week. But it will remain Wednesdays. So, okay. all right, Kev, I'll talk to you Monday all right. night. All right, guys. All right, take it easy. Peace. Okay. All right, everyone. Again, let us know what you thought of the pay-per-view. And uh, appreciate your support as always. Follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD, the website DonTony.com. Email me, DonTony, at DonTony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC show, the Discord, as we always plug. And as always, if you like what we do, you want to help keep these shows free, help support all the expenses, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Don Tony. You could sign up for as little as two bucks. There is a lot of exclusive content on there that is just for our Patreon family. You got multiple podcasts there. Uh, this week, you'll have Breakfast Soup Live, Breakfast Soup. You'll have uh, Castle Chronicles. I will be recording blah, blah, blah Monday again. Uh, believe me, for our patrons, when I explain everything that went down this weekend as to why the show, three different times I sat in this chair ready to record the show and fucking shit happened. You have no idea. So Monday when I get home, that's going to be the first thing I do. Uh, I, as of right now, I am going to be doing season two, episode 37 of this week in wrestling history. It'll probably go up Monday as well. I still have to record it. I had gathered a lot of the research a couple of weeks ago. So I figure it's, you know, it's not that hard for me to finish it. But after that future episodes will be tentative simply because that is being replaced for the most part. For Wednesday night, Donald might. If you haven't heard it yet, please check out the pilot. That show is going to be everything except Raw and SmackDown. It's going to be AEW, Ring of Honor, Lucha. Well, not Lucha Underground anymore, but Impact Wrestling. New, it's a nice smorgasbord of content. So, all right, I'm out of here. Take care, be well. I'll talk to you all soon. Ciao. Tune out. With Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com.
New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. 